You've probably noticed how the language of apocalypse has returned to many conversations this year in light of the, the bushfire crisis, climate change, geopolitical issues, and now with a coronavirus crisis. Uh, talk about the end of the world was once associated with religious mania, but today there are throngs of irreligious people who are amping up that chorus, you know, the end is nigh, uh, others are quietly pondering the possibility. The Bible isn't silent on this word apocalypse. Now, the word itself doesn't mean the end of the world. It means to unveil, to make known. So when the Bible is being apocalyptic, it's describing the world. But it's also talking about the world, though, in light of the eventual end. I was uh, preaching on Matthew chapter 24 recently, which is Jesus' famous apocalyptic sermon. Uh, there are some wonderful and pertinent truths that we uncover as we listen to Jesus' words. And so I want to share some of them with you here. Firstly, in Matthew 24, Jesus describes how life in the world will be, what life in the world will look like. Uh, Jesus is not giving us a timetable or a linear description of history, but rather he's giving us a divine interpretation of history. And, and Jesus talks about three characteristics that mark this age. Uh, number one, he says, there will be global catastrophes and uncertainties. So Jesus says, uh, you will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you're not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is yet to come. Nations will rise against nations and kingdom against kingdom. There'll be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these things are beginnings of birth pains. So when we see a, a disaster, it makes us pause and ponder. And when the sky darkens and the, and the thunder rolls in, we're often asking, what of the end? We experience a pandemic and we start to think, don't we? And Jesus is saying these things are not the end, but they serve as reminders that the world has not yet finished. Second, though, Jesus talks about attacks on the church from both outside and within. He talks about persecutions and false prophets and apostasy. A quote, then you'll be handed over to be persecuted and put to death. You'll be hated by all nations because of me. At that, t at that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will be appear and deceive other people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. Unquote. So again, now we will not be required to read these verses as though Jesus is describing a not yet time in the future or as though there's going to be an escalation of these things prior to his return. Rather, throughout this age, in the world today, churches will experience this trifecta. And thirdly, Jesus also talks about world evangelization. He says that the good news of Jesus will be preached and will reach every nation, and people from every tongue and tribe are going to respond and believe Jesus is Lord. So in Matthew 24, verse 14, he says, And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. So the first thing we learn in this apocalyptic sermon of Jesus is what the world will look like. And it's very much a description of the world in which we live, isn't it? But notice, secondly, we're not the first generation to face significant crisis. A couple of months ago, I wrote an article criticising a proposal being put forward by the Victorian government, which I believe is dangerous. 
Uh, thousands of people read the article that I wrote. Uh, hundreds and hundreds of comments were made on social media. And it was interesting. One of the more popular responses came from Christians. And they were saying things like, Well, this proves Jesus is coming soon. And, well, this is the sign of the end times. Or, the Antichrist has appeared in Melbourne and all this kind of stuff. And it reminded me, though, not only do we let that, when, what happens when we let our imaginations disconnect from the Bible, but also when we let our imaginations disconnect from history. You know, I wanted to put a, an emoji up at the time with a screaming face saying, you've got me wrong. I didn't mean that. I reckon that the problem with our apocalyptic manic Christ, uh, Christian friends is that they always believe that now we're in the last times, whereas, you know, yesterday we weren't. You know, now we're really entering into that last phrase. But it's a lot of nonsense. All right? If only we didn't skip history when we were going to school. Ours is not the first generation to experience massive issues and to see terrible evil. Though the world has faced staggering mountains of trouble and uncertainty in the past, uh, you think about of uh, Jewish people, for example, living in Poland in 1939, as the Nazis destroyed everything in their wake. You know what? What of that that family, uh, that Jewish family, hiding out as the SS are hunting down their neighbors and friends, and, and either shooting them dead on the spot or, or throwing them onto trains bound for a death camp? I mean, could things get any worse? What are those who lived in the 14th century in Europe as the Black Plague killed one-third of the entire population? Could things get any worse than that? Now, we are entering a major social, economic and health crisis. And we're seeing restrictions and tensions like we haven't seen in this country for 80 years. You know, and most of us, I think, in Australia, not everyone, but most of us have been living in this luxurious bubble that, that few people in the world enjoy and, and even fewer in history. And that bubble is now being squeezed, isn't it? At the very least, reading Jesus' word should cause us to, to rethink our assumptions about our own security and, and our own dependencies in life. You know, for example, will we learn to curb our fixation for excessive living? Will we stop that stupid game of stamping on everything that I want in life, you know, with that phrase, it's my right? <laughs> now, I expect the answer will be no, unless God is gracious to us and begins to shake up our conscience. But friends, we are not the last generation, nor are we the first generation to experience this kind of crisis. A third thing we learn from Jesus' sermon is this. He does give a sign for his impending return. But there is only one sign. Jesus says this in verses 30 and 31. Then will appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. And then all the peoples of the earth will mourn. And when they see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send his angels with a loud trumpet call. And they will gather his elect from the four winds from one end of the heavens to the other. So this one sign, and there's only one sign, but it's a visible one, unavoidable and unmistakable. It is when Jesus returns in person. And Jesus adds, on that day, people will mourn. Why? Because we've been spending our days denying him and explaining away the reality of Christ. Now, when will this final hour strike? 
Jesus goes on to say, well, no one knows. No one knows the time or the hour when Christ will return. But what Jesus does say is verse 42. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know the hour or the day. You don't know on what day the Lord will come. Jesus also says to us, though, see to it that you're not alarmed. So we shouldn't be alarmed or surprised by events that take hold of people and nations and and of the natural world. Now, we can be appalled. We can grieve. These sharp reminders we we experience showing us that the world is cursed and it can't redeem itself. But alarmism isn't befitting for one who trusts in God and in God who is sovereign. And and that's the the fourth and, and final point that I want to share from Jesus' sermon. Jesus reminds us that God is sovereign. So the events in our time are not beyond God's knowledge or control. He isn't reacting to events in the world as though God is trying to play catch up. No, God knows what will happen tomorrow. He knows the outcome before the event. He is both omniscient and omnipotent. And surely that's going to be of great comfort. Now, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Whether the the coronavirus gets worse and worse and worse. We don't know what the weather will be. We don't know what our work circumstances will be. But God has it all under his control. The apocalypse is coming. Are we ready? Well, to those whom Jesus describes as the elect, he says, Stand firm, verse 13. Keep watch, verse 42. Don't grow cold, verse 12. And don't get sucked in by false messiahs, uh, verses 23 and 24. It's a timely reminder, I think. Don't grow cold. This pandemic that we're we're moving into, it, it may last, we don't know, three months, six months, no one knows, right? The experts don't know. No one knows what the fallout will be, whether it's people's lives or the global economy. But Jesus has already told us when these events happen and transpire in, in, in nations and in communities, some people are going to use this season to announce all kinds of garbage ideas in the name of Jesus. And so Jesus' warning is don't get sucked in by them. And he also says some people will grow cold. They will assess their circumstances and wrongfully conclude God is not there or God has left me and they walk away. You know, the fact that Jesus has told us these things in advance is, is helpful. We don't need to be alarmed. No, we, we remember God remains in control. So stand firm and put your hope in him. And if we do that as Christians, that's not going to make us lazy now or useless now or our contributions redundant. It will make us the most free people on earth, free to be generous and free to be kind and to sacrifice, free to lay down our lives because God, God has already guaranteed the future for us in Christ. At home, in our back living room, we have this blackboard where we write different messages and announcements uh, for the family and different sayings from time to time. Um, We're going to be putting up Matthew chapter 24, verse 42, for our our household, just to remind us each day. And these are the words of Jesus, Matthew 24, verse 42. Therefore keep watch, 
because you do not know on what day your Lord will come.